from Daily Exhortations. Today we're going to be looking at Genesis chapter number 16, finishing out the chapter here in Genesis chapter number 16. But I start out with a question asking, does God only make himself known to spiritual giants? And I think sometimes we slip into this mindset of thinking um, that I can't have a personal relationship with God because I am not as good as so-and-so who had all this faith and who is so much better than me at their walk with, with the Lord. And we can give up in discouragement because of that. But I, I think from our story that we're going to see here is that, that God reveals himself even to people who are not those spiritual giants. Uh, in fact, I'll, we'll, we'll approach that question from a couple different angles here, okay? Uh, let's look at Genesis chapter 16, verses 7 through the end of the chapter. And the angel of the Lord found her, this is Hagar, by a fountain of water in the wilderness, and by the fountain in the way to Shur. And he said, Hagar, Sarah is made, whence camest thou, and whither wilt thou go? And she said, I flee from the face of my mistress, Sarai. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Return to thy mistress, and submit thyself under her hands. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, I will multiply thy seed exceedingly, that it shall not be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, Behold, thou art with child, and shalt bear a son, and shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord hath heard thy affliction. And he will be a wild man, and his hand will be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. And she called the name of the Lord that spake unto her, Thou God seest me. For she said, Have I also here looked after him that seeth me? Wherefore the well was called Bir Laharoi, because it is between Kadesh and Bered. And Hagar bare Abram a son, and Abram called his son's name, which Hagar bare Ishmael. And Abram was fourscore and six years old when Hagar bare Ishmael to Abraham. Now, we're trying to approach this question of, does God make himself known only to spiritual giants in, in the faith? And here we see a woman who, first of all, is an Egyptian. Okay, she is a servant. She is, God has not made a covenant with her like he has with Abraham. She is not one of his chosen called people. In fact, she probably isn't a worshiper of God at this point. But God appears to her and God makes himself known and God reveals himself to to this, this woman, you know, to this pregnant woman running away, starving in the wilderness. And, uh, and God said, and she calls him, thou God seest me. That's the name El Roy for, for our Lord. Thou God seest me. And if you remember um, from maybe previous discussions, we've talked about this idea of God seeing. God seeing is... Um, include, includes within it the idea that God will meet the needs of that he sees. That's, that's kind of the idea. He is the provider for, for those who, who he sees have a need. And so God intercedes on her behalf. He tells her, go back to Sarah and submit under her hand. And I'm going to bless you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to, Ishmael's going to have um, tons of of children and he's going to become a great nation and I'll, I will be with him to bless him basically. Okay. So we see here that God, God is manifests himself even to Hagar who isn't, 
the the best person who isn't the one of the covenanted people of God. But I think there's also passively in here an, another aspect to this truth. You think of Sarah and how Sarah dealt with Hagar. Whose fault was it that Hagar went into Abraham and had a child? Sarah is the one who pushed this, okay? She's the one who pushed this on her servant, Hagar. And in verse number six, we see that Sarah dealt hardly with her. She treated her harshly. And so Hagar fled from her face. And so we see that Sarah and Abraham, neither of them at this point, are spiritual giants like that, okay? They still have flaws. I think of a quote that, uh, that I've heard that I've fallen in love with. There are no great men of God. There are only sinful men serving a great God. Okay, there, there are no great men of God. They all have flaws. They all have failures. So to set up this artificial standard of you have to be this type of a person to have a relationship, a vibrant relationship with God before God's ever going to speak to you or, or meet with you, it's a faulty piece of logic. And I think sometimes we feel like we can't have that relationship with God because we aren't those spiritual giants. But the honest truth is there aren't any. There are no spiritual giants. None of them. They don't exist. They're just sinful men serving a great God. Some of them God uses in great ways, but that's his prerogative. But in this story, we see God, God uses Abraham and Sarah, faulty men. God promises to bless Hagar, and he reveals himself to Hagar. And I think in doing this, God also reveals himself not just as a provider, as a protector, but as a God of justice. God sees what has been done to Hagar, and he is going to intercede on her behalf because it is what is right for him to do. So I think this is this is ultimately what I what I want to challenge us with today, okay? Don't give up hope of having a relationship with God because you're not perfect. What ultimately matters is a heart that is pursuing God and has faith in him. If in God that's that's what matters. I in my message that I'm going to be preaching on Sunday, I make make this comment it's basically a paraphrase I think of Bob Jones Sr., Bob Jones Jr., one of the two, I don't know for sure. Um, they said, what matters the most about a person is not where they are right now at this moment, but what direction their feet are pointing. God wants to have a relationship with you. And you don't have to be perfect to have that. But where is your heart? Do you Are you striving for, th for that perfection? Are you striving for God? Are you seeking after God? That's ultimately what truly matters in the, in this area of a relationship with God. Because we will never come to the point when we are perfect, when we have no faults, when we have we have we have finally become sin-free. That doesn't happen. Paul Paul said that he finds within himself a, a law fighting within him that when he would do good, that's when he does wrong, <laughs> you know? And I think a lot of times we don't even realize how bad we really are. Because we look at our good things and think, oh, these things are good. But a lot of times, those things are done in the flesh. And in God, from God's perspective, they're just as evil as if we had sinned, you know? All our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. In our own strength, in our own merit, we do not have any merit of our own. We have no goodness to recommend us to God. It is only by His grace, 
only by his mercy that we are saved to begin with. And it is still only by his grace and only by his mercy that we can have a relationship with God. So this is not to say, don't deal with sin. That's not what I'm saying. Okay. There are things that hinder our relationship with God. They grieve the Holy Spirit. They displease the Lord. They can even cut off our prayers. But if you are pursuing walking with the Lord and your heart is right with him, God wants to have a relationship with you and you don't have to be a spiritual giant to get there. Hope that's been a help and encouragement today. Um, have a great day. God bless.